It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Group of five, group of five live. Group of is part of the Landry Football Network. My name's Chris Mykoski, and from now on, I need to mention exactly when we're taping because news could break, and I don't want you to think I ignored it on purpose. Right now, I'm recording late Thursday night, right after the UAB Miami game wrapped up. We taped our last show Monday morning, a little too early apparently, as some big group of five news came down later in the day. One coach out, plus two more games for this weekend were postponed. And by the way, not a lot to talk about with that UAB-Miami game. Miami's best rushing night in 2019 was 257 yards. The Canes went for 337 on Thursday night against the Blazers. Ended up being a 31-14 to Miami win. But back to the news of Monday. Southern Miss head coach Jay Hobson resigned. USM had lost to South Alabama that previous Thursday, took the weekend, and eventually that's the decision that was made. And any time this happens after just one game, It's really odd. We may get a better understanding of the why later, but the line right now from both sides is it was a mutual decision. Co-offensive coordinator Scotty Walden takes over for the rest of the season. Hobson, his final record ends up being 28 wins against 23 losses, three bowl games in four seasons. Not bad. That included last year when they went to the Armed Forces Bowl and I actually had the sideline reporter gig for the national radio broadcast of that one. Coach Hobson spent a lot of time with me, helping me learn the storylines for his team and really appreciated all of that and really everybody on the USM staff. But hate to see Coach Hobson go. Hopefully he will uh, 
reemerge very quickly on a staff and selfishly for my sake, I, I'd love to see him somewhere in the group of five, just so we can talk to him again. Uh, other news for this coming weekend was games getting postponed or canceled. So far, it's just the former, nothing officially canceled yet, but you can see not a ton of matching dates for uh, at least the first two matchups that we're going to talk about. So eventually, they more than likely will be canceled. We already knew that SMU at TCU was going to be postponed. Again, they don't share any open dates until after conference schedules are over. Um, this already went down prior to SMU's previous game against Texas State and is because of TCU student athletes and staffers coming up positive for COVID-19, far too many of them for the Horn Frogs to have a chance to field a team uh, this coming weekend. They were supposed to play in the Friday national uh, spotlight on FS1. What was new on Monday was Louisiana Tech having 38 players reportedly turn up positive for coronavirus, so they won't be playing on Saturday at Baylor. This was uh, by far Louisiana Tech's biggest showcase game of the season. They were only one against a Power 5 opponent, and reportedly the reasons for this were largely because of Hurricane Laura. Uh, the storm rolled through Ruston, and players either had to get out of where they were living to find a safer place, or in some cases, they were welcoming in family members from areas of the state. They were even harder hit. So a lot of exposure beyond their typical exposure to just teammates and maybe some classmates and friends circle got a lot wider and it ended up resulting in a large number of players turning up positive and Louisiana Tech is supposed to open conference play next weekend at Southern Miss so whether or not they can get all that squared away and have enough bodies to feel the team next weekend remains to be seen for now it's just the one game at Baylor Tulsa also had its game at Oklahoma State postponed. The Golden Hurricane had to stop its prep several times during fall camp because of positive cases on the team. So they were not able to get in the mandatory number of workouts prior to game one. And thankfully, they do have a mutual open date with Oklahoma State next weekend. So that game has just been pushed back by a week. So now 19 games left on Saturday, 11 of them involving group of five teams, including a couple of chances to see group of five teams knock off top 25 squads. The Ragin' Cajuns are at 23rd ranked Iowa State. That's noon Eastern, 11 Central on ESPN. In defense of the Big 12 pod here on the Landry Football Network, Tyler and BK did a lengthy breakdown of this game, and they thought UL Lafayette had a legit shot at winning this game. 
It's an 11-win team from last year. If Iowa State comes out sluggish, there's no home field advantage in Ames. There won't be any fans in Jack Tri Stadium. Plus, the Cajuns are just playing good. Now, will I call them Louisiana? No. I, I still have a problem with that, but that's uh, a longer story. UTEP is at 14th-ranked Texas. That's 8 Eastern, 7 Central on LHN. And you can go back to Monday's episode of Group of Five Live for more on that one. The voice of the Miners, John Teicher, was one of our guests, and he is in his 40th season there with UTEP. Up until today, our guests have been exclusively broadcasters, but for this one, we welcome in two head coaches on Group of Five Live. Later on, Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina, ahead of Sean Clear's game at Kansas. But first, Charlotte's Will Healy before the 49ers go to Appalachian State. Charlotte is coming off its first winning season and first bowl appearance, both of those happening in only the seventh year of 49ers football. Will Healy in his second year as Charlotte's head coach. Coach, as you try to build on that in this bizarre season, what's the best advice, the wisest counsel you've received since the pandemic began? I've been fortunate. I've, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of different people. And, um, you know, Mac Brown and Dabo Sweeney and Scott Frost and, you know, Skip Holtz and Seth Luttrell are two guys in our conference that I, that I lean on a lot. Um, you know, a lot of different people. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I got the best advice from the guys that were on our own staff. You know, just um, I, I remember early on in, in, in the pandemic when we got sent home, you know, I, I came up with this list of all these things that sounded like great ideas and almost just threw work on their plate. And they're like, Coach, we got it. Like, we're, we're good. We don't need busy work. We got plenty of stuff to do. You know, just relax and calm down. We'll, we'll get our job done. That's why you hired us. And, and you know, let, let's focus on our culture. Let's, you know, let's really narrow down what we uh, want to accomplish during this to a couple different things that we can attack. And uh, that was great for me to hear, you know, just calming. And, and obviously, I trust those guys. They're some of my best friends. And, uh, they were so good uh, during this entire process. What you and your staff say to the student athletes, obviously you could do that all day, but it takes that buy-in from those kids. What have you seen out of them that's really made you proud during this, this time? It's been incredible. Um, you know, we, we inherited a really good group of, of young men and, and obviously players for us to do what had never been done here before. Um, so I would love to take credit for that, but someone who built it. And, um, you know, I, I just think that the buy-in has been unbelievable. Um, the commitment to, to our culture and, and to continuing to build our culture and really starting over, um, you know, with three new, three new coaches, two new coordinators uh, and about 40 new players, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's really starting over. Not only does it start over from year to year, it starts over from week to week, you know, and, um, just the way they handled it. They were pros about it. Um, they came back in great shape. You know, we've, 
we've upped our numbers in the weight room. So it's amazing that they were able to keep and, and even add to their strength uh, during this pandemic. And, uh, you know, I, I think the day-to-day, -day, how this place feels and what their experience is like, uh, these guys are committed to, to having a unique culture that we all believe in. Season opener versus App State Saturday. 49ers lost in Boone last year, 56-41. You weren't supposed to see them again until 2026, but this game was added about a month ago. How did you feel about the idea of playing App State so soon and again at their place? Well, it's – I mean, everybody knows the history of Appalachian State. I mean, I, I've played against them for numerous years whenever – you know, we played them twice in the playoffs when I was at Richmond – they were in the Southern Conference when I was at Chattanooga, and now we're going to go consecutive years playing them here. I think it's a great regional game for us. Uh, a lot of people around here are talking about it being rivalry. You know, I always say until you beat somebody, it's not a rivalry. Uh, so we got we to gotta help our side with that. But uh, a program that I've got a tremendous amount of respect for, um, they're a program that we emulate and, and want to become. Um, you know, I, I, Sean Clark and I have become really good friends. So – it's, it's kind of one of those things you respect the other guy so much you want to beat him, you know, and, and, but, but you know how he does things is how it's supposed to be done. And, and so great matchup for our fans, uh, a great test for our football team. And, uh, you know, we know that the odds are stacked against us. One that your fans will have to enjoy on national television. Nobody actually in the stands uh, this weekend. Uh, you guys get North Carolina next week. Duke in October, a really great schedule shaping up here in 2020, despite the cancellations that happen. Now, Coach, I really – I always like to ask people, who is the first guy in and last guy out of the facility? I'm looking down at some of the great names you have coming back. I'm curious who that guy is for you this season. I mean, Chris Reynolds is probably the guy. Um, it's, it's amazing because a year ago at this time – uh, for the first game, we we announced a grad transfer who's actually a GA for us. Brett Keen was going to be the starter, and and one of the reasons that I remember we were sitting in my office when we had the conversation with him, we felt like Brett prepared more than Chris did, and uh, and Chris really took that to heart. You know, uh, I think we you know we went maybe we had two three and outs on offense with Brett in, and then Chris comes in and we score twice, and Chris never really looked back. Uh, but his preparation. Um, his leadership skills, his work ethic are, are second to none. And, and uh, you know, he's – we got some really good leaders. Uh, Tyreek Harris is a guy who came back for his sixth year. This is his third year being a team captain here. Ben DeLuca is a second-year team captain. Jalen Fisher is, a, is an absolute workhorse and has been named captain as well. So we've got a really good group of, of leaders that, that work extremely hard and – and you don't have to ask them. I mean, they're going to they're gonna go above and beyond every single week. Reynolds is just reading up on him. Everybody seemed to be in, in sync saying he was the type of person you want leading a football team. And I love those stories where a guy comes on as a walk-on, not knowing what kind of role he's getting to play, and then emerges as one of your leaders. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, not only was he a walk-on, but he gets a new coach right, after he's finally been put on scholarship and finally started some games, and the new coach tries to get him beat out, you know, by, by a grad transfer. And all he does is just put his head down, go to work, and, and end up leading our team to the most successful season in school history. Um, he's playing at a very high level right now. 
and I'm excited about watching him play on Saturday. I feel great about him. I wouldn't want to go to battle with anybody else. And, and uh, you know, we're fortunate now. I've, I've made him sign a new three-year contract because he gets eligibility. <laughs> so watching him play uh, for us for, for three more seasons will be, uh, will be pretty rewarding. You mentioned Fisher, one of the best interior linemen in the country. And I'll, you add in a grad transfer at running back in Trey Harbison, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with Northern Illinois. What do they allow you to do in the running game and with Harbison being added in, just because sharing the load there in the backfield? Well, it's been interesting because we lost three offensive line starters from a year ago, um, you know, three seniors that – that we were we relied heavily on, so we had to we had to regroup there and, and really rebuild. Uh, Demetri Emanuel and Jalen Fisher were the only two returning starters. We had some guys who had to start some games a year ago, but uh, we needed to go get some guys and uh, added Hunter Kelly, uh, a grad transfer from Penn State. Added John Jacobs, a grad transfer from Arizona. Um, you know, uh, Ashton Gist is a is a junior college transfer that we took. Uh, and then we've added some really good depth from, from our freshman unit. So uh, the guys that we had coming back that were younger have gotten a year more mature. I think we're a lot deeper. You know, we're, we're, we're probably eight to ten deep at the offensive line position of guys who played in games or guys that we feel like are capable of playing in the game. Uh, and, and they're blocking for a running back uh, who is, is a really, really good football player. Uh, I'm excited about seeing Trey Harbison play for the first time on Saturday. Um, and then uh, Aaron McAllister is a guy who rushed for 100 yards a year ago against Middle Tennessee. Uh, we've got uh, Calvin Camp and Shavon McEachern, one of our freshmen that is, uh, those two guys are playing at a really high level. So I think we're, we've got good depth in the backfield. Uh, and then you got a quarterback that's, that's a running back as well. You know, uh, at any point in time, Chris can make it 11 on 11 football and he's dangerous with his legs. So those guys up front will definitely lead the way. On defense, you mentioned the two guys I wanted to talk about, and DeLuca and Harris. But let's expound a little bit upon Harris, mainly just what he does off the field. I'd hate to ignore the fact that he's a Werfel Trophy watch list guy. And what he does in the community, what he does in the classroom, it's just amazing what he's able to accomplish beyond everything he's about him, the special on the football field. He may be the most impressive person I've ever had the ability to coach. Um, he's, he's real, he's genuine, he's authentic. He's positive, he's passionate. Um, he's everything you want a player to be. And, uh, you know, been it was almost early on because Tyreek had fought through so many injuries a year ago um, that, that you just wanted him to stay upright and stay healthy so that he would – be with us and and I think as talented of a player as he is on the football field he's that much more important to us as a leader of our football team and um he I, I can't say enough good things about him um he is going to be so incredibly uh successful at whatever he decides to do in life and uh he, he makes it fun to come to the office every day Coach, I'm sorry that uh, the pandemic screwed up a lot of things in our life, one of them being our chance to catch up in person at Conference USA Media Day again. Hopefully we're back to that in Frisco next summer. Yeah, I, uh, I, I missed out on that too. I love being around the group of coaches that we have and 
Uh, and, you know, I, I had two players that missed out on an, uh, on an unbelievable opportunity and a, and a great trip. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I hope we're back to that next summer as well. Charlotte 49ers open up their season against App State Saturday at noon Eastern on ESPN2. Coach Will Healy, appreciate your time. Thanks. Go Niners. Coastal Carolina visits Kansas on Saturday, 10 Eastern, 9 Central on Fox Sports 1. Chanticleers beat KU 12-7 last season, holding a Big 12 team scoreless for the last 56 minutes plus. Great to have Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina's head coach, on Group of Five Live. Coach, what's your favorite memory about that day? I, I think probably the locker room uh, got blown up on social media a little bit more than what we probably had, had thought. But, uh, you know, being a new head coach, uh, at least, you know, here, and uh, didn't get a win the first game and then run in the locker room and, and to beat your first Power Five opponent. Uh, and uh, just to see the, the joy of the, on, the, on the players' faces and, and, and to be able to accomplish that, that was, that was a pretty special memory. This year's Coastal team, by all accounts, is better and with Big 12 teams only allowed to play one non-conference game and having to do it at home, I think you have to give Les Miles some credit here. I mean, he could have grabbed an FCS opponent, but Kansas chose to work with you guys to flip home dates. Were you even a little bit surprised to, to get this matchup on your schedule? Uh, we were definitely originally just because you knew when they, when they announced, you know, hey, they have one home game and they scheduled an FCS team pretty quickly. Uh, you know, there was there was a concern there uh, to uh, you know that we were going to lose that game because we had lost up to that point, already lost two games, and so you're, you're you know you're struggling trying to fill your schedule, and uh, and then as lo the longer it went, and and some of these FCS teams started you know opting out, uh, then you then you started realizing, hey, this game might be back on, and so you know we are thankful we were able to make it work out, and and uh, we did figure early on though if they if if we were going to play them again, we we're going to have to go back out there. They were supposed to come here, as you know. Right. Uh, and so, but uh, we're thankful to play it and, and then have an opportunity to kick off. You said Wednesday you had four players test positive for COVID-19, all guys who would have contributed. We're talking here on Thursday morning. You guys leave on Friday. And you mentioned a little bit of apprehension maybe that uh, things are, are good. I mean, at what point do you feel like, all right, we're locked in. This is going to start to feel like a normal game week. Uh, probably, probably Friday when you get on the plane, because at least at that point, everybody, everybody's going to be uh, negative, or at least everybody on that trip's going to be negative. And, and, and from that standpoint, you hope that uh, you're there. And, and once you get there, you know, you can sort of not, not necessarily not be locked in, but thinking, hey, this thing's going to happen, you know. And so up through the week, everybody, you know, they ask you, hey, how's your team this? How's your team that? And truthfully, I don't know how you can give them an honest answer, because you just don't really know who, you, who you're going to have to that point. Uh, and so, um, but I, I'm hoping after tomorrow's test, after tomorrow's test, and we know who's who's completely negative, we're getting on that plane and got. I don't say relax. We still got to follow procedures, but now, hey, we're going to be able to kick off with this group of group of young men. And you mentioned something also on that Wednesday press conference that I imagine a lot of coaches are going to mimic: not letting position players room together. You have to make sure that you have people available at each position. You don't want to have a breakout in one certain spot. So what are you doing differently on the road? 
Well, we're trying our best uh, to anybody that has been positive before that has, that has, you know, they've been positive way back when, um, and uh, they're, they're, they're cleared now. We're going to remember somebody else because you, you know, there's a 90 day window where those guys uh, don't have to get tested, et cetera, and all those things. So there we're going to put somebody with them that way. If somebody does get it in that room, it only affects that one person. Uh, we're going to try our best to then, um, you know, put different positions, you know, maybe it's a starter at one position and it's a backup at another trying to, trying to uh, put those guys together based off of uh, who are roommates who live together, all the different things there. I'm going to tell you, our, our ops person, he's earning his money this year for sure with the things he's got to do. So you're trying to do everything you can just to, to minimize it because after the game, you know, maybe somebody gets it. And now you got to do that contact tracing really with and all that. And that's where, that's where you can really get into a, uh, you know, a deep mess. It's not necessarily the positive guys. It's the, it's the contact tracing piece that really uh, sets you back. And that's what's hurt us up to this point um, uh, from just, practice-wise and all that is losing guys because of that. Yeah. Uh, let's take touch on a couple of individuals on your ball club. C.J. Marable coming off a 1,000-yard season, scored both touchdowns in last year's win at Kansas. I've read a little bit about how he's changed his attitude to be more of a vocal leader. What else did, he, did you see from him in the offseason with a chance for him to really break out on the national scene this year? Well, you know, during the spring, we, we were fortunate. We were only one of two teams to actually have a spring practice. So during the spring, you know, he really tried to uh, – what he did last year, put it, in the, put it in the rear view and really focused on trying to better his game. There was things that he needed to improve on. And so you, start, you saw it then. And then once we got back here in the summer when he came back, just the work ethic, just his focus – uh, on what he wanted to do to make himself better. He has a goal, obviously, of helping this team win. He has individual goals. Uh, and, he, and he's really put himself in a position to, you know, have a good year. But also, we've got a lot of younger guys, and, and he's really tried to bring them along as far as how to work, how to prepare, which is what you want to see from a, you know, from a senior running back. So um, I, I anticipate, and I know he does, that, uh, you know, he's going to have a good year. There's going to be a lot of people focusing on him, obviously, because of the year that he had last year. Um, but uh, he's been he's been really good, and I think he's got a chance uh, to you know really have a good another special year. And he worked on his body a little bit, uh, had to concentrate on speed a little bit more. When he got here as a sophomore, uh, he was he was thin, you know. Now he could really run, but he was thin. And so last year, because he was going to get majority of the carries, he bulked up, uh, got heavier, uh, and maybe lost some of that quickness that he had. And so he wanted to obviously try to get that back once he put that weight on. So he really focused on not necessarily having to put as much weight on. He was where he, was where he needed to be, but really try to get the speed down to where he could be that true, that true home run type hitter. And a lot of his focus this offseason with his trainer and our strength staff and all those things. And so uh, I think now we've got the best of both where he, he still is a physical, he can be a physical back between the, between the uh, tackles, so to speak. But, uh, the speed that he showed as a sophomore and the quickness is back. Coastal only had one Sunbelt preseason first team selection. That was Teron Jackson. He's on the Nagurski and Bignerick watch list, finished his undergrad in mathematics on the Dean's list, team captain last year. All these amazing things that I've seen from him. What is he like behind the scenes? Well, he's, very, he's really very reserved. Uh, he's not a guy that's uh, that's uh, talking about his accolades. That's not him. You know, he's not one of these guys that needs pats on the back. He just comes every day 
and gives his best. Like, I mean, it, all those stuff you mentioned, nobody would know that. He would never tell anybody that stuff. He's he's one of the most uh, humble uh, and quiet. Um, I call him a superstar. I mean, he, he is a you know he's a our best player and has a chance to obviously play at the next level. But every day you come out here, you got to tell him to slow down. There's not one day that he wants to take a day off. It doesn't matter what you're doing, weight room, all that. He's constantly going. Uh, and, uh, you, I mean, you almost have to tell him, hey, slow down, you're going to hurt or tackle. You know, he's one of those guys. And so he's awesome. Like, he's a great definition of a, of a, of a true student athlete. You know, he's obviously, you mentioned graduating mathematics, just overall uh, awesome. And, and he's tried, the thing I'll give him credit for this year, he's tried to be more vocal. He's tried, that's not who he is. Um, because I think because of the eyes on him a little bit, he's tried to use the position that he has to be more vocal. He got voted a captain again this year, two years in a row, and, and that's because of who he is and the way he works. Something that makes Coastal unique is this Life After Football initiative. You're the only program in the country to take 30 minutes a week out of practice to talk to players about current events and topics that help them prepare for Life After Football. I think every program now recognizes that need to engage student athletes on important real world topics, but coastal, I mean, you guys were really ahead of the curve on this. Yeah. And I got to give credit to our former head coach and uh, uh, Joe Mobley. He's the one that, you know, really started that, initiated that. I mean, you know, this year, uh, Chris, you can look and see that, uh, you know, everybody's talking about voting, you know, Hey, vote, you know, 2016, we were on the, to take the whole team to vote in 2016, and that started way back when. So, and, and the life after football piece is important. I mean, our, our guys, and, our, and I, I believe our players realize this too. Not everybody's going to get the NFL; they want to get there. But even if you do, there's still there's still so much life when football's over. And, and part of that part of that program that we do is, is for that. Is when when football's done, we don't want to make sure we don't identify ourselves as a football player. That's part of us. But our identity is beyond that, and and that life after program helps us and helps our players, you know, understand that and get them prepared for when it's over. All right, last thing, Puka Williams is obviously the focus, but uh, past containing him, what are the biggest keys to victory on Saturday? I think uh, one, we're going to have to score more than twelve points. You know, <laughs> we're going to have to score some points offensively. You know, and not that you or I really care about this, but the over/under I think is about fifty-six, which it seems crazy after a twelve-to-seven game the previous year. Yeah, that's that's a good. I, did, I didn't realize that. That's a good. <laughs> um, I, I believe that you know we're going to have to score some points offensively. Last year, when we lost the turnover margin, we were 0-4. So we cannot turn the ball over uh, from an offensive standpoint. And then defensively, obviously, we got we got to contain Puka, but we got to eliminate the big plays. And so we got more people up in the box trying to control him. They're going to take some deep shots. We we've got to eliminate those deep shots and make them earn their points. And if we can do that, then I like our chances coming out of you know, Lawrence with the victory. Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell, really appreciate your time, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Huge thanks to both Jamie Chadwell and Will Healy for joining me on the show today. I was chatting with Coach Chadwell after we wrapped up the interview, and I mentioned that I started my college career at the University of Missouri. So, of course, I was indoctrinated to hate all things Kansas, so he gets an extra fan in me this weekend as anytime the Jayhawks are playing I'm rooting for the other side. Now, if I was called upon to broadcast a Kansas game, I'm sure I could 
be professional about it and go down the line. But I'm not calling it. I'm just a fan this weekend. So go Chanticleers. Group of Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. Be sure to subscribe to Landry's Football Conference Call wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get this show as well as all the programs highlighting the Power Five Leagues and plenty of other great football analysis. Enjoy your weekend. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.